0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast.
1: So our first two kids were boys, and um, I remember very distinctly, there's a point in a young boy's life where he thinks he has made a major accomplishment happen because I'm not crying about that. You know, I fell and I skinned my knee or I whacked my head and I wanted to cry, but I didn't. And then I had girls, three girls after those first two boys, and those girls could cry and emote, and they knew exactly what they were feeling all the time. There is a difference, generally speaking, not all the time, but generally speaking, in boys and girls. Uh, I'm John Fuller, uh, along with Danny Huerta, and Danny, you've got a boy and a girl. Do they emote the same? Oh
2: yeah, they're exactly the same John. Oh no, that's way. because you've been a perfect <laughs> parent and you've made them right. little, little dandyites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, boys and girls do at the very raw level show differences in their emotions. Uh boys tend to uh to express themselves through physical means. Maybe it's a punch, maybe it's a maybe it's run around, maybe it's a break something. Uh, break something or uh get really loud. Girls tend to, to hold it in or get loud verbally and can be mean. They can be mm. really mean early in their lives with girls and as, as girls age. In my counseling uh, practice, I've heard many stories of girls being very mean verbally and behind other people's backs yeah. and through, through gossip and, and There, and there are emotions
1: behind that, right? There are
2: emotions completely. And, and really, John, we don't have to be taught to have emotions. They just come, and we learn how to manage them or conceal them, And it depends on how we grow up within culture, within the culture of our family, within the the culture in general. And as parents, we get to step into those places of emotion with our kids and not box them into boy-girl emotions, but to help them express them well to have relationship with
1: whoever's around them. Mm, That's good. And today we're hearing from Sissy Goff and David Thomas. Uh, They're both directors at Daystar Counseling Ministries. They have years of experience counseling children and families, and here they are talking about kids and emotions with
3: Jim Daly. Sissy, I'm coming to you now. Okay. The, uh, The observation, when does a child begin to, I guess, express themselves in a way that you can begin to assess their emotional capacity? I mean, other than crying.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Crying is an
3: emotion, right? That's
0: part of what's so confusing. And, and, And in our counseling practice, we see kids and families, and we also do parent consults. And it's fascinating, even parents of toddler age kids, you know, I mean, you all probably talked about this a lot, anxiety is a childhood epidemic in America today. And so that is, I mean, when we first both started counseling 20 to 25 years ago, I think probably every three to four out of every 20 families walking in the door were dealing with anxiety. Now I'd say it's 16 to 17 out of every 20 new families. Mm. Walking that, that's in the amazing. It is. And Why? Well, there are a million things we could talk about. I mean, I, I Give think... Give me the
3: big rocks.
0: Well, part of it, I mean, screens, that's one of the Screen things time, because part of what's media. happening is their brains are being overstimulated, just bombarded with images. And so then our brains reach this heightened state, any of us, not just kids. and then But kids don't have the ability to calm themselves back down. That's one. Overscheduling, honestly, we're just doing too much. I had a girl say to me one time, and she was really introverted and, and leaned toward anxiety, and she said, I had to stop my mom from scheduling activities for me because it was too much. And, you know, we're to be the gatekeepers as the grown-ups in their lives. And hey, so, let me
3: ask you this, though, for that mom and dad. Yes. It's not just a mom, but uh, parents who are wanting their kids to experience so much in order to get them on the right path, to get them on the honor roll path, this is really critical that you don't burn them out.
0: Right. And kids are feeling more pressure than they ever have.
3: What's a good thing for a mom and a dad to think about that's a little healthier perspective that way, that it's healthy to have idle time?
0: It is absolutely healthy to have idle time. Because you remember the old growing yes. up, idle
3: time's horrible, idle time's horrible. But actually, some downtime is really critical.
0: Yes, and to pay attention. I mean, it's what you were saying. What are you noticing in your child? And they're going to tell you that they're overstimulated, but it's often going to be, and that's... One of the things I was kind of going towards with anxiety, it comes out as anger, typically, for girls and boys. And so you will see they're going to respond in a bigger way than the situation warrants. And that's when you know something more is happening, and how can I kind of dial down and figure out what it is?
3: That's good advice. I like that. Now, boys and girls develop differently, obviously. The culture, especially the elite culture, wants to kind of dumb that down, that we're all the same, that it's just a matter of inputs and in society that cast those kind of, but science is pretty straight on this. Our brain chemistry is different. The processes in which our brain uh, thinks and responds to outside stimulation is different. Describe for us those differences between boy and girl development. In terms of emotional development, a great
4: example would be that she will have a more expansive vocabulary period, in <laughs> the So she's going to have a more expansive it okay
0: vocabulary. It's it true. Yes, it y'all is. picked on the male she, gender. We can pick on the she, female gender. She yeah. has
4: more words. She has more vocabulary. So her ability to express, to articulate her experience is going to be advanced because she's got more words to work with. And in addition to that, one of the things we know to be true is she has advanced abilities in terms of reading the emotions on others. So she's uh-huh. inevitably going to be ahead of him, Oftentimes, not always. There are certainly exceptions to the rule, but ahead of him in terms of empathy, because she has advanced skills in terms of understanding what's going on
3: inside of another
4: person. So yeah, there'd that, be two examples right there where the difference is strong. And that's good strong. with
3: the girls being uh, verbal, more verbal typically. Exactly. Um, the boys struggle with expression, and when you talk about an emotional vocabulary, how do you help a boy? And what age uh, should a parent begin to help a boy? become more capable in their vocabulary to express their emotions. We
4: recommend Early on, from one year on, be using a feelings chart and and it 's the starting point that when we 're using emotional words with them, we 're referencing a chart and just mm-hmm. pointing. I felt sad today and because I think I heard a friend 's feeling. I felt embarrassed today that dads are talking in front of boys to say I felt embarrassed today I had to give a presentation to the board of directors, and i didn 't feel prepared that those words are landing on kids, and I would say for boys they 're seeing that. Emotions reside in the life of a man. That's Mm -hmm. what it looks like.
3: And for the listener who may not be grabbing what we're talking about, it's those typical charts that have a happy face and angry face. And you have your child point to what they're feeling if they can't verbally express it. And then hopefully down the line, they'll be able to verbalize it like you said. Yes. That's what we're talking about.
4: And, and to understand accurately what's going on. Left to his own devices, you all know this, with teenage boys, you know, their feelings chart would include bored and annoyed. That's the, it's just those two. <laughs> yes.
3: Pretty much. Yes. We've got to help them
4: figure out what's underneath, yeah. what's really going on, mm-hmm. so they can then figure out and what to do with are, it.
1: there are so many cultural influences that seem to say guys don't feel or guys are angry. One Kind of two extremes, right?
4: Yes. And we're quick to push into that myth to say it's not that girls have more feelings. She just has more vocabulary. She has a better ability to mm. articulate those things. So that's why we have to labor a little longer. I loved your word of concentration. Concentrate on that space with boys that we've got to labor longer in that space so that he develops an emotional vocabulary. And we talk about how these milestones build on each other parents are so quick to want to go to. I want my kids to figure out how not to melt down. I want them Mm -hmm. to figure out how to work through frustration better. And that's an important objective. But if they don't even know what they're feeling, like that's the foundational building block. That's why we start with vocabulary. We've got to figure out what is it that I'm feeling so that I can then figure out what Mm -hmm. to do with it.
1: As David was talking about, it is not easy to help our sons develop the words to communicate emotions, but it is is so important. Uh, My wife has helped me And I've tried to help my sons. Danny, how can we as dads especially dial into our boys and help them kind of put words to what they're feeling?
2: Maybe doing it ourselves, right? Modeling it. Uh, That is, it's not natural for most men. Some men, depending on personality, are a little more natural than others. Uh, If you've gotten training around that from parents and have had that type of culture, you, you, you do express more emotions. But in general, men are not comfortable going into emotions, because you feel a little weaker, a little more vulnerable when you talk about emotions. But what we can do is model how to handle emotions as they come up. It's not about not being angry. It's not about not being sad. It's not about showing, not showing a bunch of excitement. It's about showing how those are handled within relationship. If I'm angry, being able to articulate that, I am mad at what you just did. Hmm. And I'm going to take a time out right now to regroup so that we can reconnect and talk about what just happened.
1: Or I'm really sad. Were you listening to my conversations just last week? Because I had that happen. (laughs) I do listen. I had to to go to one of my kids and say, I'm sorry, I'm just really irritable right now. And so you would do well to give me space.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, self-awareness for us as dads uh, is is key. And, And it is a hard thing to do. That's one. The second one is managing the emotions on a day-to-day basis because we're going to have them and that is working out maybe doing other things and i know we're going to talk in future future sessions more about that specifically and it's it's a self-care idea but the first idea is to model that within our marriage and then within our relationships with our kids
1: Hmm. well we're going to link over to the website in the show notes so make sure that you follow up and find the resources that we have including sissy goff and david thomas's book Are My Kids on Track? Uh, That's all about identifying those emotional milestones with your children. Uh, We've got that and more. We'll send that book to you as a thank you gift when you make a generous donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today. And uh, join us next time as we hear more from David and Sissy. For now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting podcast.